You're now locked into Zone 32. Max Mikado, Grant Durflinger, Jake Miller. Only on NeutralZoneInfraction.com. NCI Properties. And ladies and gentlemen, we're back at it again. It's a Zone 32 podcast presented to you by Neutral Zone Infraction. Follow us on Twitter at NCI Properties and online at NeutralZoneInfraction.com. Your boy Max is back along with Jake and Grant. Fellas, say what's up to the people. Max is back. Jake, let him know what the bear did. This man bested that fucking bear just like fucking Gandalf bested the Balrog in Lord of the Rings. Max returns to us as Max the Might, like <laughs> Gandalf the White, because he's back and he bested that damn bear in the woods better than DiCaprio did in The Revenant. You know what it is. Thank Jesus. <laughs> well, hey, at least I didn't die yet. That, that, that can be tomorrow. But for right now, we got a show to do. So, Jake, hey, I need you to catch me up on all the shit that I missed while I've been laid up and incapacitated and otherwise trying to fight that goddamn bear and claw my way out. So hit me with everything that's happened in the past, let's say, two weeks. So some shit happened. The Pro Bowl happened. We'll talk about that later, probably. Instead, I want to talk about the AFC and NFC championship game. The Ravens weren't in it because the Bills are they're pieces of garbage, but hey, it's all right. The Bills came to Kansas City, and they got smacked down by the old Kansas City Chiefs. As I didn't expect them to get beat that bad, but they did. They, they got embarrassed and completely outclassed. So Kansas City is on their way back to possibly repeat for the Super Bowl. And to play them, the Packers hosted the Tampa Bay Bucks at Lambeau Field for the NFC Championship game. And while there may have been a bit of controversy with how the game ended and a certain call that was made, the Bucks, nonetheless, in Tom Brady's first season in Tampa with a new team, are going to the Super Bowl. And Brady has a chance to win the most Super Bowls among any player in any team in NFL history. So yes, that's where we're at. The Packers lost. The Bills lost. David Culley's the new coach of the Houston Texans, so the Ravens are getting two comp picks, courtesy of the Houston Texans. Thank you. Mark Ingram is gone, unfortunately. He's a good man, kind of looked like a sugar bear a little bit, all those Teddy Grahams. But, you know, I'm going to miss that, man. Big trust. Whoop, whoop. You know what to, you know what to do. Then let's see. We'll talk about the other news, like good old Matthew Stafford going to L.A. a little bit later. But, yes, as far as I can remember, that's everything that has transpired the Super Bowl. Oh, and also the Chiefs having the COVID outbreak with their center and their receiver. <laughs> In a nutshell. In a nutshell. That's, that's a pretty big nutshell. Um, I mean, shit. Of course, in you know the year of COVID, only then would Tom Brady go to a new team and then end up being the first team to host a Super Bowl, technically. In the same city, well, that I guess... Also a team. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what are they going to call themselves? Title Town now? I mean, you had the Raiders. No, they just, I mean, they basically they're, have they're a good. roster. They're good. Let's not go that far. He's not like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors or anything. The Bucks are good, but they're not the they're not the fucking Monstars. Well, they got some good players, though, like Jack Barrett and JPP. That back end still isn't very good. I'm just saying, this is not going that far to where everything's stacked in favor of Tom. <laughs> though that team is good. Yeah. Like they a Jenga block at a bar. Oh, they ain't stacked. They're 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 a salt. They're a good team. They were a good team, and Brady took them over the top. 
they added a lot of contribution to help him along the way since he got there. Playoff Lenny's really came on strong. The back end of the defense, Antoine Winfield was a rookie, but he really developed through the year, and he's been a, a high-caliber player on the back end. Um, I'm going to brain fart, but the other sa- uh, safety. And then um, 24, I can't remember his name either, but Mr. Lockdown that uh, put the clamps. But – I mean, listen, I mean, you, you know, I mean, they, they were a good roster. I mean, they had a lot of guys that were young, developed, coming back, you know, getting healthy again. I mean, their front four is phenomenal in defense. Their linebacking core is probably the two best linebacking – or, you know, the best linebacking core in the NFL right now. You know, he he's in a very favorable situation. He's in a way more favorable situation than when he left and Billy B's been stuck with the – mod squad over there but you know it's it's one of those things where he's still got to play quarterback and he's still got to win the game so I can't discredit him there but he is with a damn all-star team and then AB comes out of nowhere he's not crazy anymore and then he's like Mr. Number One Target 10 to 12 targets a game it's like damn you you done played everybody that thing was a setup from the jump Look, guys, I'm telling you, this whole thing has been predetermined. Before we get into the preview of the game, which is the meat of why we're here today, look, how is it that Tampa suddenly, between the Bucks being in the Super Bowl, hosting the Super Bowl, then you got the Rays, you got the Lightning. I mean, they're, they're hosting freaking WrestleMania for the second year in a row, technically, but they're going to make all this, this, this uh, tourism revenue off of that, off of two nights on top of that. Like, there's got to be some sort of conspiracy where somehow Tampa, you know, might have greased some hands here and just managed to pull off this amazing, amazing run of, like, just sports and entertainment that has never been seen for any other town, maybe besides Miami or Pro Player Stadium hosting the Super Bowl. And then you had uh, the Dolphins with their run almost winning the Super Bowl and almost being the first team to host and all that. Look, I just, I don't understand what, what's in the water in Florida. I don't get it. It, it doesn't make any sense. Ah. To that point as well, if you want, if you want to throw in the NBA in there with the Miami heat going to the finals and losing to the Lakers, I, mean, I feel you. Yes. All four of the major sports Florida teams have gone to the Super Bowl. Now that receiver core is stacked. Now, I'll give you that. They are stacked. AB, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, that grown ass man. Scooter! <laughs> the good old Scooter who's taking the. And top. our homeboy, Mr. Tyler Johnson. Yep, that, that he is damn good. He's a damn good youngster. Man, he gets better every game, doesn't he? Did you, like, I know you watched because you, you isolated on him because we talked about that last time. Like, e- like, every time I see him, like, even when he doesn't catch the ball, I, you know, we're still looking. And, like, his routes and shit are just crisp. Like he, like he, he's a smart football player. Absolutely. I, every time he come, he gets onto the field, he usually makes a play, or Brady's looking his way. So I mean, yeah. Not to mention with AB going to free agency, with Chris Godwin going to free agency, it wouldn't be that crazy if they left. Tyler Johnson winds up being the number two receiver in Tampa. We've touched on that before, but I mean. Hey, it, it could very well happen. He's good enough to make that happen too. Could so. you see them pulling a complete fast one and re-signing uh, AB and Godwin and trading Mike Evans? Oh, please, please don't. Let's not let's not wish that on us and the rest of the NFL. I, I want Godwin to go as far away from Tampa as possible, not because he's bad and not for any particularly negative reason, just because I don't want to see him suddenly have another breakout year like no i love chris godwin by the way shout out to my delaware boy chris godwin 
I think he's playing hurt. If you want me to be honest, I think he's playing hurt. He's moving like he's playing hurt, which, I mean, he's he's got that, like, heart to him, and he would never admit it, and they're not going to come out and say anything. But the way that he's been playing, like, the second half of the season, not saying he's been playing bad, but he's just not as – he's not the explosive receiver that he's been the past couple of years. And sometimes he kind of pulls up a little early. And I noticed that, like, a few weeks – like I would probably say, like, four or five weeks back, I noticed that. And he just didn't look like himself. But I think I think he's honestly playing hurt. And then, like, to go back to your point about the Tampa thing, I lived outside of Tampa for a little over a year in Sarasota. And Tampa has awful, awful, awful sports fans. Outside of the Tampa Bay Lightning, they have the worst sports fans. That's the only city that you can go to an ALCS game for, like, 20 bucks. Like it's crazy. Like they you, they can't get anybody in the seats at the Ray Stadium at all. I mean, it sucks. It's indoors. It's a nasty old dome. But you know, still, man, you have a relevant team. Like, yeah, it's they and, and like the Bucks. I mean, you see the Bucks. Yeah, now they've got fans there, but they're the ones that won't buy seats sooner than anybody. Like at least like even the Ravens' bad years, we had sold out. You know, sold out stadium. We had that record streak uh, until all the bull crap with people just having different opinions on stuff. But until then, you know, we had a perfect streak of sold out games, no matter, even yeah. through the bad years and like the bucks, they have one, like even if they start to start off losing their stadiums empty and it's like, man, that's crazy. That's true. That's true. All right. So let's do this then guys. So Grant, I'm going to start with you with the Super Bowl coming up this, this upcoming Sunday, you've got, Two teams, which I consider this among the worst case scenarios of the remaining playoff field, because I mean, truth be told, we ha- I have no beef with the Chiefs, but I didn't really want to see them threaten to repeat. I would have preferred the Bills in that spot. And in the same token, I mean, Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. We'll give him all due respect, but I don't want to see him, you know, threaten to add more to his legacy. So, Grant, starting with you, what are you looking for in this game and in probably the least favorable matchup for us to watch as Ravens fans? And then from there, Grant, kick it over to Jake for his thoughts. So this, like, for me, is like the equivalent. Like, this is the Super Bowl equivalent of me having to decide between the Browns and the Steelers for the AFC Championship game. It's like, Dan, can't they both tie? Or as Max usually says, can Bain come out? Like... But, like, you know, I mean, I don't – it's so weird. Like, one of my best friends is a diehard Chiefs fan, and it's so weird because I don't like them because I even texted him today about it. And they're they're like the new Patriots. They, like, get those favorable calls. And we'll go back to the thing where people say, oh, a call doesn't, you know, change a game. Yes, it does. If it's in a certain situation in the game, they can change the game. I mean, what, what was the Chiefs' hold, offensive holding calls this year? I think that when they played the Ravens, they didn't even have one called the entire game. And I know I for sure saw at least three rock bottoms and maybe a a figure four leg lock on Judon one time. But like, it's like, man, that's just kind of weird. You know, that's a weird situation. So that makes me not like them. And Pat Mahomes, I mean, I, I can't remember. I was watching something. It was yesterday. And I don't remember if it was something that Brady was making like a joke about or something. It was, it was a player. And he was like, yeah, I can't, uh, run back 15 yards and just throw it and complete it to somebody. No, no other quarterbacks do that. Like he, like, like he, it just pulls shit out of his ass. Like, and it, people are there. I mean, the rate, the, the fourth down was a fourth and 12 with Tyreek last year. 
when he just turns around and throws it up. Or no, it was two years ago when he just turns around, and throws it up in the air, and you got. I think Mosley was in coverage, and he like he's just standing in the middle of three people. A terrible throw, something they tell you not to do, and any coach will tell you not to do the throws that he does. And somehow he's just right there, boom, first down. They end up winning the game. But no other teams do that. So their their level of rattiness is why I don't like them, and it just means that they just get stupid breaks and calls and everything just seems to go their way that doesn't go anybody else's way. And that's not, you know, they're a talented team, very well coached. I mean, Andy Reid's the man, and Benemy's a hell of an offensive coordinator. But it's weird because I don't like Patrick Mahomes because of that, and his wife really annoys me. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's like it's weird. But, yeah, man, I just want him to do bad so I don't have to see her videos on Twitter. I'll be honest about it. But it's weird because I also – I love the Honey Badger. He's like one, he's my, one of my favorite non-Ravens. He might be now one of my favorite non-Ravens. Because Dez is a Raven now. Um, I love Tyreek Hill. You know, I've talked about it before. To me, he's the number one playmaking wide receiver in football, and it's not even close. Who else can you put in multiple situations in multiple positions on the field, run jets, wildcats, streaks, goes, comebacks, corners, and every time you just throw it his way, and it's a chance for a touchdown every single time. There's no other player in football like that. And he's – I mean, it's crazy how good he is. And then Travis Kelsey, I mean, you know, he's kind of like a douche nugget. Like it seems like off the field, like he's really kind of cheesy and try hard. But I think on the field, he's a he's a stud, man. He's phenomenal. Um, he's like one of my favorite tight ends. But, I mean, coming then and then you look at the Buccaneers side, I mean, loaded, like I just already talked about earlier, you know, loaded on the defensive side. You know, maybe questionable in a couple secondary positions. Um, total total weapons on offense. You got playoff Lenny's rocking hard right now. I mean, he's – and he's 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 not only playing well, but he's taken off on this entire persona of playoff Lenny. You know, he's you know got the T-shirts he's talking about. He's calling himself playoff Lenny. That means he's having fun with it, and he's having that entire confidence level of, you know, this is my time. You know, I've got people are looking at me. This is my time to shine. And somebody like that is dangerous in that type of offense with the, that many weapons on the outside. I think that the Buccaneers are an athletic tight end away from being phenomenal, and that's not a knock at Gronk, but Gronk isn't Gronk anymore. He makes a couple, like what, two splash plays a game, might get three targets right now, but he, they need that offense needs a tight end that can stretch the field up the middle and be able to sit and hook on those third downs, second downs to extend those drives. Um, and I mean, I, I think the Bucks have a legit chance. I mean, the the Chiefs as dominant as they have been and as good as they have been. They've had how many games they quote unquote should have lost. And they, they're not the team that's blowing teams out anymore. They're not shocking the world. They're they're getting splash plays that keep them in games. And, you know, I think that the Buccaneers and not even to mention the Chiefs offensive line, pretty sure they called me to play left tackle this week. You know, like they they're beat up, they're moved around, they're, you know, they're not a solid unit to go into a game like this. And that front four for the Bucks is going to create problems. Between Shaq Barrett and JPP alone, that Vita Vea's back. He's got two games under his belt. Man, watch out. Vita Vea might eat this game because they're not going to run the ball. Um, they, you know, the last game they played was a week 12. You know, Buccaneers came back and made it a game, but Tyreek Hill had over 200 yards in receiving in the first half. Like, when does that happen? Like, you just can't let him do those things to you and you're okay. Like they they tried to oversimplify the middle of the field and watch, you know, the run game because that was right after the Bills 
got gashed by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, watching Travis Kelsey, you know, kind of making sure he's not getting his 12 catches a game for a buck 50, you know. But if you do any type of isolation of one-on-one on Tiger Hill, you're cooked. Like, you have to lean him. And, you know, I, I we're going to probably look into this a little bit more, but, you know, it's going to be a good game. I mean, I'm not sure if we're doing pr- pr- uh, predictions right now um, in our X factors, but, you know, we'll get into that. You know what? Let, let, let's do predictions and X factors. Let, 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 why, why the heck not? We're going to throw out the whole format of the show anyway. We don't I scores mean, too? Let, 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 let's uh, give, give, give me all of it, Greg. Give, give, give me everything you got. So this is like me like choosing between Tom Brady and the team I don't like right now. Um, I went 0-2 last weekend, but I felt really confident about it. Bills let me down a little bit. Aaron Rodgers, he didn't let me down. His team let me down. But I'm still taking the underdog, man. I don't know what it is, but I love that Bucks defense. And I think they are going to give problems. Home field advantage isn't really a thing, but it's something different to play in the Super Bowl at home the first time ever. Um, I think that, you know, when I look at matchups across the board, I think, you know, you look at quarterback matchups, you know, Mahomes has the edge right now. You look at offensive line matchups, Bucks have the edge. You look at tight end matchups. Uh, Chiefs have the edge, running backs, Bucks have the edge to me. Uh, receivers, I think is an all-around unit. The Bucks have the edge at receivers. I mean, outside of Tyreek Hill, you're not messing with A.B., Tyler Johnson, Scooter, Mike Evans, you know, uh, Godwin. That's it's not going to happen. I mean, that that's a matchup there. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. Defensive line, Bucks. Linebackers, Bucks. Corners, Bucks. Safeties, I'd probably take the Chiefs just because of Ty- Tyron Matthew. Uh, special teams unit. I mean, Mr. Butker, ever since he got cocky, he's been automatic to miss almost an extra point a game. That's a liability. Um, return game, you know, neither one of them. I mean, you look at McCall Hardman, I'd give the Chiefs the edge in that aspect for special teams. But when you look at all that across the board, I mean, the Bucks are on top. All they have to do is just execute their game plan. So I'm taking the Bucks. My X factor is the defensive line. I'm expecting JPP and Shaq Barrett to combine for four and a half sacks. And I am going to take the score is going to be 34-31 bucks. Wow. That's so you're predicting uh, the upset, but also in a close, close final score. Very ballsy. Jake, your rebuttal. That's ballsy, my guy. That's ballsy. And admittedly, I was going to play the contrarian this week regardless, but I'm not going to lie. Leading up to this game, I really didn't know who to pick. I could see it going either way. I think you hit the nail on the head with your X factor because that is exactly what's going to come down to. If the Chiefs can't protect Patrick Mahomes, the Bucks are going to win the game. We watched, we saw last week JPP and Shaq Barrett combined for five sacks on Aaron Rodgers, and the Bucks went on to win thirty-one to twenty-six. If they can dominate the game and Patrick Mahomes is uncomfortable and on his back more often than not, the Chiefs are going to lose. But that being said, last year I watched the 49ers get off on them for five sacks. Mahomes complete barely half over half of his passes, and they be down 20 to 10. And the Niners are simply outclassing them, beating them off the line, running the ball, beat like just defense getting after Mahomes, getting a couple of takeaways, and then he just makes that play. He just goes goes out the shotgun, takes a nine-step drop because it takes forever to to develop, and he hits a wide open Tyree kill because Mosley busts his coverage and the safety gets shook. So all things considered, you can do everything right, and Patrick Mahomes can still beat you. So all things considered, 
I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Why am I going with the Kansas City Chiefs? It's it's Patrick Mahomes. It's like <laughs> it's it's I don't want to I don't want to go there, but I mean he's ridiculous. You could do like you go back to that fourth and nine from 2018. Quarterbacks are specifically coached not to throw back across their body. Yet he has the arm strength and the zip and the accuracy to make whatever throw he wants to, no matter whether it's a good or bad throw or not. It's ridiculous. Like he's he's a damn cheat code because of that. He can get out on the run, and as soon as he breaks contain from the pocket, he's got those burners on the outside. Doesn't matter if they're great or not, they can run. And if they break and they break from their coverage, he has the arm strength to get it there for a 70 or 80 yard score from the other side of the field. So I'm taking Kansas City. My X factor, I mean, I'm not gonna say Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes isn't an X factor. Patrick Mahomes is a that is explicitly the reason why they will win or lose the game. He's but an the X factor, <laughs> exactly. He he's the factor. You, you you can't do that to me. I feel like that's cheap. So what X factor am I gonna say? I'm gonna say Sammy Watkins. Why? Because they got gashed by Tyree Kill for over 200 yards in a single quarter. I got to imagine Todd Bowles is sitting there for these two weeks with their time to prepare in Tampa. Because mind you, Kansas City's not allowed to do the COVID restrictions. They're not allowed to go to Tampa until Friday. So Tampa gets all the time to just chill, relax at home. And Kansas City has to get used to being in Florida and Florida weather for just a couple days in Raymond James Stadium where the Bucks play. Well, we talked about it too in our playoff uh, in the championship round that, you know, like you mentioned, it doesn't really matter, like cold weather, that type of stuff. You know, it is in Tampa, so it's warm weather all around, but that travel day sucks. Absolutely, it does. And only having two days to, to get prepared, even though, like, it's not much of a time difference. I believe it's Kansas City, I believe, is still in the central while. Yeah, they're still Florida, in the central. Yeah. So that's an hour time difference. It's not that bad. It's like me driving to Arizona. And getting used to the one hour forward, but even but even so, I'm saying Sammy Watkins. He's looking like he's going to be back this week. They might even get Lejarius Sneed back, even though he got hurt in the last game. And but that's what I'm banking on. I'm banking he's on one of those really well Yes, he has, and he's been hurt through most of the playoffs because they've been relying on Hardman and with Demarcus Robinson going down because of the COVID bit and because the rest of the team has passed all their tests and no one else has it. I'm expecting I'm expecting them to get to Watkins because I don't think they're going to let Tyreek Hill beat them. Travis Kelsey might, even though I actually like the matchup of Devin White and Levante David covering him because they're both great in space. They can cover it pretty much anybody. He, I like that, but I'm going with Sam Amy Watkins. Let's see if Sean Murphy Bunting can stay with him because Carlton Davis, he'll get Carlton help. Davis, that's who I was thinking of when I said 24. Hey, um, he he clamped on Mr. Slant, and then he got beat by the slant from old Devontae Adams. But I mean, yeah, he did. He clamped down Michael Thomas, old big head, sideshow Bob ass. Got he, he, I'm just saying, he looks like a like an African-American sideshow Bob. I'm just saying, <laughs> put up the side-by-side on the internet when you check this. He, he fucking does. He looks like he's going to do a maniacal laugh and walk into a rake. I'm just telling you. Walk into a rake. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all remember that episode? It was hilarious. Classic. I do indeed. Damn straight. Season five, Simpsons. Classic. Damn straight. But yeah, I just remember the the Irish janitor. He was my favorite. Groundskeeper Willie. He was Scottish. The Scotsman. The Scottish. Oh, Scots. Yeah, yeah. They're Scots. Oh, yeah. Scots. <laughs> they live in Scotland. <laughs> Scottish are surely a contentious bunch. 
Do you also back back to the game off the Simpsons? But do you also think that uh, Sammy Watkins could have a big game because he's about to be a free agent, and this is like a uh, this is like a show out for him? Oh, I'm not gonna doubt uh, money motivation. I'm whenever I pick players for fantasy football, that's my biggest factor. Who's in a contract year? Because whoever's in a contract year, unless they get hurt, they'll ball out because they need their money. That's why I was in on Juju this year, and I was wrong, but I was in on Ben Drew's on the Sammy Watkins train. Jack wouldn't say – I know he is into it. I don't trust like that personally because, again, the health issues and not to mention – I mean, he's had had one 1,000-yard season in his career. So, I mean, eh. He, like, makes – And he was with Sean McVay. He just looks like a Ravens signing, though. He does. Yeah, he would to be the receiver we bring in, like to be like the guy. I think they're really going to try to bring somebody in via trade or via free agency. Not necessarily saying it might not be Allen Robinson, but at worst, I think it's going to be either Kenny Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, or uh, uh, Corey Davis. But I mean, I, I could also see some trades working out. But I, I could also see Sammy Watkins coming in, which. The retrospect to that is is everybody's like, man, draft a receiver this year. You guys need receivers this year. I'm so tired of drafting fucking receivers. We gotta give we gotta give the ones that we have a time to develop and be themselves and learn how to play the game. Like Prochet last year had flashes. Like he every chance he got in the game, he made a fucking play. And then but he only got 10 plays the season, it felt like. Same thing with Duvernay. Every time he touched the ball, it was a first down. And he got limited plays. Like, I'm so sick of, like, our development structure. Like, let them ball. I don't care if Willie Sneed's your best friend in the locker room the entire world, John Harbaugh. Let the young bucks fucking ball if they can ball. And that's my biggest problem with this team is they they don't let these receivers develop. And when they are starting to develop, you know what brings that next level is game reps. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, to your point about Duvernay, usually – the play they'd run when he's in the game is the little end around when he's coming up, coming around from the slot. So now I feel you, they need more snaps. And we've been clamoring about it in the group chat forever. Duvernay deserves more snaps. Proche too, but I mean, we've been mostly clamoring for Devin Duvernay and his athleticism. He runs Dude, he's crazy. He's a, he's a running back. He's, he's a, he's a running back that looks like a wide receiver. And the, the, the way that this offense is, it's, it's supposed to be made to create players in space. The running game is supposed to utilize the short passing game and the intermediate passing game. But our offensive coordinator is so inept with his own offense. And yeah, I'm just sitting on the couch or whatever, but I can tell you how to run that offense. And, you know, him being a professional, I don't know who's got the handcuffs on him, but dude, let your players play. Let your players play, play to their strengths. Like it's not hard to design plays in that concept to get those guys in the slots and those guys in the wings, those guys in the Zs, like they, there's no way they should not have multiple formations, movements, and motions every single fucking snap, and they don't. And that's why some changes need to be made, in my opinion. And I'm getting sidetracked, but that motherfucker Greg Bowman pisses me <laughs> off. Which that's going to be one of our topics we're going to hit in the offseason because it's looking like we're not going to be without Greg Roman after all, at least not at this rate. So we're going to have to accept that we're going to be stuck with our signal caller for one more year. Uh, we're not signal caller, our uh, play caller for one more year. Um, but in the meantime, so 
to put a bow on this Super Bowl coming up. It looks like we are a house divided. It looks like we're one on each side, which is perfectly fine. This makes for an interesting conversation next week when we recap the game. But our last topic of the night. Hold up. Hold up. Go ahead. Go ahead. There's your tiebreaker. No, what, are you trying to, what are you trying to exit out of real quick? Hey, look, I'm I'm Switzerland. I'm neutral. I'm neutral. No, no, no. Jake, what do you think, bro? Would you want my score? No, I, right. want, I want Max to make a pick and an X Factor. He's trying to dodge it. Uh, before I forget, I should probably give you all my score. I'm going to go. <laughs> I already before forgot. Before I forget, my X Factor is Sammy Watkins, but my score is going to be 45-42 Kansas City. We're going for a track meet, partner. Oh, you tell me I should take the over. Hell yeah! It's a score fest, baby. You know, what? I'm gonna go. I'm, so I'm gonna go a completely different direction here. I yeah, am man. gonna make a pick. I'm gonna make a pick, and it's gonna be in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs being back to back champions. Hashtag run it back. But 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 my never mind, Max. Pick later in the week. <laughs> so see, you guys are going a little high. I'm gonna go low because everyone's expecting this to be a shootout. But you forget the fact that the Chiefs have a better defense than people give credit and better defense than they look on paper, if only because situationally they make the stops and they need to. On the flip side, the Bucks defense is as good as advertised. So as a result, I do see this being a low-scoring game. I see this actually going 24-21. But on top of that, and this is low-scoring relative to the rest of the league, keep in mind, because we're talking most teams are averaging over 21 points a game. So 24-21. But that said, my X factor for this one, funny enough, even though normally the X factor would be on the winning team, I'm actually going to go with uh, on, on, on the losing team. I'm going to agree. Jason Pierre Paul is going to be the guy, but I feel like there's going to be something that's going to happen. He's going to break contain on Patrick Mahomes and allow Mahomes to make a big play. It's going to be a crucial first down. And that conversion either is going to be one to ice the game or one to set up a game winning score. I'm just saying there's something there's something maybe maybe it's there's, there's something sticking out to me about Jason Pierre Paul. Maybe it's the missing finger, I'm not sure. But either way, I, I have a feeling it's gonna be something to do with the Bucks defense that's gonna end up costing that was the game. Dirty. I don't know if something is sticking <laughs> out. <in this. laughs> don't play with fireworks, kids. <laughs> but in all seriousness, no, I really do feel that this is a game that ironically the Bucks defense is gonna lose and not for any particular reason other than just one blown play. And that's all it really takes. With a low-scoring game like that, that's all you need. So, congrats, gentlemen. You broke my streak. I actually picked for once. I normally that's don't. what I'm talking about, Mac. Sorry about the peer pressure, but we needed that tiebreaker, even though I think he went the wrong way. But, no, that's – that's. I mean, I, th- I think it's, it's going to be a good game regardless. Oh, yeah. And it's back yeah. to the whole thing like Jake and I were talking about with the Bills-Chiefs game. If I was betting money, I'm going to bet on the Chiefs. But I want the Bucks to win, damn it. And I, it's going to happen. I didn't get it with the Bills last week, but it's going to happen this week. I love that defense. And I really don't think it's going to be a, a spectacular game offensively. I think it's going to remind us a lot of the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl, where I hate to say it, it's going to be a snooze fest for a good chunk of it. But I think the key difference is, and, and again, it's going to come down to defense. We're used to watching defense. The rest of the nation really isn't. We've grown up on defensive football with the Ravens. So, I mean, we'll be perfectly fine. We'll be Gucci just sitting there watching the game. I'd rather a 3 nothing game than a 41-38 game. Or what was it, that shitty 16-10? The one we lost to the Colts? Yeah, it's whatever one the Rams lost, the one that they blew where they didn't oh, score. Oh, no, I thought you were touchdown. talking about uh, when we when McNair, was it 2006 when we went to the playoffs 13-3 oh, yeah, was... and, and we lost on all field goals? God, yeah, to freaking, uh, what's his face, Adam Vinatieri? 
Yeah. It was like 15 to 6 or something, or wasn't it? Or, I don't know. We lost by all field goals. I was like, we can't score one motherfucking touchdown, dude. Yeah. And I hate to say it, it might feel a lot like that game, but not really to us because we don't really have a dog in the fight. So, gentlemen, our last topic of the night, and I'm sure this is one that we universally agree on, the Pro Bowl was this past weekend, or was it really? Because due to COVID restrictions, there was not a traditional all-star game played between the AFC and the NFC, and instead there was a week-long quote-unquote celebration starting with um, the NFL doing their hello fellow kids routine and cashing in on the popularity of versus on instagram by teaming up with versus to do an nfl pro bowl versus showcase where they pit some of the pro bowl players on each side showing highlights against one another in the weirdest rap battle i've ever seen that is pretty much what it was and then on top of that the actual Pro Bowl weekend itself consisted of a Madden tournament for, I guess, I mean, I guess it was a tournament. I didn't actually watch, but it was, it was, uh, it was all Madden 21. So, uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on this Pro Bowl or lack thereof? Well, the grandstanding was annoying. It was like, oh yeah, watch my highlights because I'm this good. And then the, and then AJ Brown be like, oh yeah, I'd be as good on your offense if I got 150, 200 targets like you did, Justin Jefferson. So I ain't trying to hear all that. And of course, Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins going back and forth. And it finally concluded with them playing each other in Madden on Sunday, if I remember right. Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't watch it. I caught little snippets of it on the gram. I didn't like it. Personally, I mean, the game was a snooze fest anyway, but at least I got to see a center score a touchdown. And that's fun. That's cool. Good for the big fellas. The big fellas deserve more love than they get. But, I mean, man, what are we doing? Just going to play Madden and decide who gets what check and who gets paid what for this little honorable thing. It's like, get out of here. Go back to the way it was back when they used to play, back when Brian Mormon tried running for four, trying to convert the fourth down, and Sean Taylor, may he rest in peace, knocked the hell out of him. That's what I'm trying to see. Go back to trying to play against the GOATs. And prove that you're better than that dude, because you might not get to play them very often. Like you go, you're going to the AFC. Back in the day, you might get an Andre Reid against Deion Sanders. That wasn't a regular matchup. Now this year, now this year, you'd get like a Jair Alexander going up against an age. Well, not AJ Bronx. I already played. They played each other this year. But you get a Jair Alexander going up against Keenan Allen. Chargers and Packers didn't play each other this year. Those are nice matchups to watch or certain edge rushers going up against certain tackles. I miss that, and I miss when players try to prove themselves that they are the best of what they do instead of, hey, man, look at my season. No, I ain't trying to get hurt. It's good. I understand from a safety perspective you don't want to get hurt and you want to risk your dollars. But, I mean, damn, you got the old white dude from the Rams, Jack Youngblood, playing on a broken leg going from, what is it? I believe it was the NFC Championship, the Super Bowl, and the Pro Bowl. Maybe the divisional round two. I think he played four consecutive weeks on a broken leg, and he could do it. So I was like, why can't you do it? I'm not trying to hear all that, man. Go back to the two-a-days and get the body conditioned for violence so you don't get hurt as much. Yeah, you'll get brain damage, but you know, it's all right, because I'm going to, too, because I play with wires for a living. So, you know, (laughs) I'll I'll join you with that CTE. (laughs) It's all good, man. Oh, yeah. So, Grant, before I jump to you, real quick, two notes about the Pro Bowl. First off, this year's game checks, the game winners, 
would have gotten seventy thousand dollars, whereas the losing side would uh, get thirty five grand to pot, which is not bad if you're a mid tier or lower player or a rookie still on their first contract. But that said, um, the thing I miss about the Pro Bowl guys is the legal tampering and collusion that would go on at the game, especially for the Ravens, because that's how we recruited a bunch of our folks, including most notably recently Calais Campbell. So, Grant, your thoughts on this year's Pro Bowl, even though I know you didn't watch either. I got two thoughts. And it was awful. Like, like there was the biggest waste of time, dude. And, like, we talked about it a little bit pre-show. And, like, it's it's cool for, like, the kid aspect. And, like, you get the Nickelodeon thing. Now you got the, the whole Pro Bowl we're going to do online versus thing. Like, it's not Jeezy versus Wayne. Like, you're sitting up here and you got two dudes – like that don't want to be there clearly like like in Jake's reference you know I, I saw like on Twitter clips of the Jalen Ramsey and the DeAndre Hopkins little exchange and it was like yeah bro I cook you nah bro remember when I didn't cook you didn't cook me that one time yeah but I did nah wrong number like and it was like it was so awkward and weird and it was corny and cheesy and like it was so forced and any real like football fan knows that the Pro Bowl is a joke anyways because half the players that make it don't deserve to. And the All-Pro is all that matters. If you got COVID, you got COVID, you can do the votes, you do the votes. Like, you know, it's okay. Maybe do like the – bring back the skills competition. If you want to make it something, do the skills competition. You can be socially distant in the skills competition. You're not playing football. Like – you know, and then they did that weird ass Madden game that I, I don't even still understand how it was. I watched a couple of clips of it on Twitter again, and it was like I guess a player got to play or somebody got to play each quarter or something. I don't even understand how what they were trying to do. It was, it was stupid, and they all looked like they didn't want to be there either. And it was just a joke, man. It's like stop forcing that stuff. I agree with Jake, man. It used to be fun. And it sucked when the prima donnas – because we had, like, the phase of, like, the the dogs, you know, like the Pro Bowl in, like, the 90s, early 2000s. Like, they were trying to beat each other. They were trying to best the best each other. Now you got a bunch of prima donnas that are like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. Man, you could get hurt walking down the steps going to your apartment tomorrow. Like, like you play the game because you love the game. You make multi-million dollars a year. There's people that play the game that don't even get paid that love it. And they do it because they love it. They don't cry about it. Like, oh, man, I'm not – man, do it for the fans and shut the fuck up. Like, that stuff gets annoying to me. And they had the whole era of that. Then they had the prima donna era. Then they all of a sudden had to, like, give a bonus so that people tried and gave a shit. Like, that just shows how weak, like, mentally. And, you know, they could say, oh, man, we might get hurt and their career's gone or we could do this this. You went to college, didn't you? Like, like it's okay, man. Like, but I get it. I get it to a sense of you could have a lot of money on the line, but you could really end your shit whenever. Ask Sergio Kendall. Like, you don't ever know. And I think it was stupid, pointless, and I hope they never fucking do it again. And 10% agree. And and to your point about the skills challenge, look, I remember growing up watching the skills challenge like from start to finish more than I actually watched the Pro Bowl game itself. So that tells you there the value of something like that. So you're spot on with yeah. that. Those pussies were so scared to get hurt that they stopped running the 40 in it. <laughs> but the um, So, yeah, I, I am all in favor of, hell i'll scrap the game itself we don't need afc versus nfc in a traditional 60 minute game of of glorified flag football give me a skills challenge position by position 
AFC versus NFC and just uh, add up the points from there. I mean, shit, that'd be more interesting. Plus, you can spread that out over the course of a week. You don't need to do it all in one weekend. So there's plenty of content for the networks right there. I digress. Well, gentlemen, feels good to be back. Hopefully, we can do this again next week. But we're going to be back next week, whether I'm here or not, dead or alive. We'll be back next week to recap the Super Bowl. And we got other topics to touch on. Intentionally, we did not touch on the blockbuster trade between Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford this week because more developments are coming out, including allegations of uh, the rift between Jared Goff and Sean McVay with enough stuff to make days of our lives blush. And on top of that breaking news tonight that we will touch on next week as the story fleshes out, word out of Las Vegas from a quote-unquote reputable source that they are looking to shop Derek Carr for Deshaun Watson. Who knows how that's going to play. John Gruden making moves, bro. (laughs) I swear, this is almost like like fantasy football and Madden Ultimate Team just just mashed together, yeah. but in real life, though. Can you hear Gruden now? He's like, "Hey, man, remember that uh, that quarterback camp that we did back when you were coming into the draft, man? Man, come on, man." <laughs> hey, yeah. I mean, look, you want to go play for the Raiders, man? Yeah, yeah. All, 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 all. Oh, by the way, they're not pussies because they didn't want to run. They're playing in the NFL. They're not pussies, but they have the wrong intention. So I should clarify. Oh, please don't apologize. So, yeah, I mean, hey, look, if John Gruden wants to run Spider Y Banana with someone else, he can go run his Spider Y2 Banana with someone else. It's whatever. I'm not going to begrudge him, but I don't think Derek Carr is the guy that they think he is. But that's neither here nor there. That's for next week. So we're going to let that story unfold before we break it down. Who's the third team? The third team? Shoot. That's what I want to know because that I sent that message out earlier. It said that there's a third team. That's going to send Derek Carr somewhere, and Deshaun Watson's going to end up in Vegas. But well, who's so, the third team? And Colts, so that's, that's where the plot thickens because Washington is continually floated as a trade partner. But we're not going to run with that story yet. But right now, all indications appear to be Washington with Alex Smith potentially being thrown as part of that shuffle. So that's, uh, that's going to be a fun one. And of so course, what you're telling me is they have a leg up. <laughs> they barely have a leg to stand on but anyways that's gonna do it for us for this week so on behalf of grant jake i'm max back at it again this has been the zone 32 podcast presented to you by neutral zone infraction follow us on twitter at ndi properties online at neutralzoneinfraction.com gentlemen take it away see ya max grant jake Zone 32, only on NeutroZoneInfraction.com. NZI Properties.